Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Hello, 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 everyone. Hello, guys. We are back after our vacation. I hope everybody had a good Memorial Day weekend. For sure, for sure. I am Tyler. I am Megan. And she's on fire. <laughs> uh, my hair has been dyed again. Uh, yes. It looks like you're a fire-type Pokemon, oh especially wearing that orange hoodie. <laughs> uh, for those of you guys not on YouTube, um, I guess my stylist decided to embrace uh, the sunset because she dyed my hair bright yellow, orange, and pink. So it's pretty nifty, but it's going to look real good with a pink dress. So. Oh, it, it is. I am looking so forward to that. Uh, we haven't set a date on it yet, but it is coming. We haven't forgot. We're in the process of looking at dresses. Mm -hmm. so It's going to happen. Uh, so we are Whiskey and Wonder. We're back again to review a whiskey and teach one another. This week, Megan's going to teach me. Mm -hmm. And we're going to teach you, hopefully, something that you don't know about and something interesting. Um, but before we get too much further into Whiskey and Wondering, we got a couple of announcements we want to make. Uh, firstly, we want to say thank you to and get and make an announcement as well that we have an interview next week with Robert Kerbeck, who is an award-winning author. Um, he's written his most recent book is Ruse, Lying the American Dream from Hollywood to Wall Street. And he was kind enough to do an interview with us. Yeah. So, this is something Megan and I have been kind of keeping under wraps yeah, for a little on while. The down low. Yep. So we could get through the book and get the interview and you know done and everything. And we're happy to say that Robert was a pleasure to interview. Yes. Fantastic um, dude. Yes. Awesome. Uh, the book is about it's uh, his memoir of his time, uh, basically growing up, tr like trying to not go into his dad's car sales salesman business. Yeah. Um, he tried, he really wanted to be an actor. He made waves in Hollywood and New York as an mm -hmm. actor, but just never quite got to the top. Um, and along the way ended up basically as a corporate spy. Um, so it's a really, really awesome book. You can find it anywhere that you can find books. Yeah. Books, local bookstores, your major book retailers. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you can also check out robertkerbeck.com um to find out where else you can order it. But we're excited uh that we had that interview with Robert. So again, thank you uh for reaching out and for interviewing, taking yes. some time. Thank you, Robert. And that will actually be the wonder segment for next week's episode. So if you have any interest in Corporate Spy and, and Robert, uh definitely go get the book and check out next week's next week's episode. It's a it's a great read. You can easily it read really it. is in it, one sitting. Yeah, you can sit down and read it in one sitting. It it's it's definitely a page turner. For sure. It's written almost like a spy novel. You always want to say what 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 happens next. Yeah. So um that will be uh episode eighty. Wow. 80. So that's uh that's a nice even number for that too. So perfect. Um another couple announcements. Go check out the store at whiskeyandwonder.com. We've still got the whiskey tumblers for sale. They've got our logo etched. Um I would like to start getting some t-shirts going out of there here pretty soon. Excuse me. Um, so we're looking into 
what the best way is we've we've talked about it in the past and just a little bit of transparency here it's it's pretty um difficult for me and megan both of us working as much as we do to like ship orders out yes so we're looking at services that uh handle all of that stuff and we just got to find the right one and then Work out all those details, but we are looking into getting shirts out for everybody and getting some more stickers um, because we're down to our last one. So um, if you want to vote on whether or not our bourbons and scotches make their way into our infinity bottles, um, you can do so on Patreon. We have a $2 tier that you can subscribe to. We also have uh, some higher tiers that get you stuff like early access and uh, bonus content and stuff like that. If you want to subscribe, you know, just any way, like anything like that helps support the show, helps us buy new whiskeys and that sort of thing. So, and last but not least, we touched on it earlier. uh, The 5,000 listens celebration. If you don't know what that is, Megan, once we reach 5,000 listens, Megan, swore that she would do something really embarrassing and I settled on the wearing a pink dress with no goth, no combat. Now she has tried her best. I've tried so hard. She has tried her best (laughs) with her hair, but that's all right. I think I'm going to make her wear some kind of little fake tiara or something now. Oh my God. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, You shouldn't have tried so hard. (laughs) Um, Oh, you knew there was going to be retribution for that. I didn't think there would be. Oh, 100%. Oh, so the the whole point of this was to like completely take your personality out of the outfit. Oh, and sad. Your hair is unfortunately part of the outfit. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll uh, and we'll make sure we post. We're uh, oh, I, I'm sorry, I never finished explaining it. So we're basically gonna Megan's gonna dress in a hot pink dress and some really really obnoxious obnoxious pink shoes and. Uh, we're all going to go to dinner together and me, her, and our significant others, and it's going to be filmed and it will make its way to social media and so. possibly an episode of the podcast. So Of course it will. It'll live forever. Uh, hey, I shaved my beard off, true. so and it has grown back fabulously, if I might add. <laughs> very nice. Very nice beard. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful um, lumberjack beard lumberjack physique baby <laughs> uh that's a throwback to a very 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 early, early episode, episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway um if you want to reach out to us or check out our social medias or anything like that you can see all that stuff in the show notes i'm just gonna hit a few because it turns into a mouthful uh find us on youtube watch what we do i just found a way today to get my dslr camera up and going so now that's my camera so you'll see me in hd megan I haven't worked. I don't have a second camera, so we'll have to figure that out. No HD for me, but that's okay. Not yet. My hair is pretty intense, so I don't know if you want to see it in high definition. Um, It might blind you. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I had just 100% sucked up some snot in the microphone. Sorry. Um, Check us us out on YouTube. Just search Whiskey and Wonder. Uh, If you want, go to whiskeyandwonder.com. You can see previous episodes, whiskeys that we've done. You can make recommendations. There's a contact us page. There's a shop page. Uh, All sorts of fun stuff. Yep. If you want to donate, you can do that on patreon.com slash whiskeyandwonder. Like I mentioned, we've got different tiers that offer different benefits. Um, Instagram is at whiskeypodcast and email 
is contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. We do have a mail time segment where, you know, we, we like hearing from you guys. We want to, you know, we want you to reach out. We want you to tell us what you think. Uh, we haven't gotten to do it very much lately just because there's not been a whole lot of, a whole lot of, con- out. yeah, yeah. Y'all been dropping the ball. Yeah. So, it's on you. Uh, so please reach out to us. We want to hear what, what you guys have to say. So, and let us know, uh, what you think about the interview with Robert as well. Um, Lastly, and certainly not least, Lee, is that a word? Leastly? Leastly? It is, I don't, it I don't. is today. Okay. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, uh, to everybody that does donate, that does support us, uh, our listeners, our subscribers, our likers, our people that spread it word of mouth, y'all are the best. Yeah. Thank y'all. you so much. You keep us going. You help us get more stuff and do all the things and... You're the best. You are everything we want, everything we need. So thank you. Keep that up. It's been a while since I gave gave the some applause. Yeah, give some applause to everybody that supports us. So y'all, y'all deserve it. Uh, y'all make this happen. We're like I said, next week is episode eighty, which means we're on seventy nine now. I can count. Um, but you know, like that's that's almost two years worth of doing this, and we're. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do it without you. No, not at all. So thank you guys. Yeah. Um, With that, we're going to go ahead and jump on. The open segment. All right, Megan. All right, Tyler. Does, uh, did, did Houston have to go into emergency? No, there has not been any baby. Yet. Okay, uh, baby, so, baby watch is still on. Baby watch is still on. Um, baby right. watch is on. Um, so no no baby yet. Um, but I'm sure, like, literally, I would bet within 72 hours there will be a baby. Um, wow. So that's uh, exciting. Um, since we weren't able to go to Atlanta for our anniversary, we just stayed uh, home and did some fun stuff. Um, Tyler, well, you don't like movies. Why am I going to ask? Tyler, have you ever been to a 4D theater? No, I like the fuck is 4D. Okay. So (laughs) 4D is a movie theater that it literally like you, the chairs move and like water sprays at you and like, it'll make snow and lightning and all sorts of, it's. Yeah, usually it's like a ride at a at an amusement park. Yes. But yes, I've done those. So, um, in Ballantine at the Piper Glen um, movie theater off Ray Road, that uh, I think it's an AMC. No, it might be a Regal. I think it's a Regal. Whatever. There's a movie theater right there, and they have a 4D theater. And so we went and saw the new Top Gun movie in 4D which was the most fun 4D yeah. movie we have ever experienced. It was worth every penny. It was so much fun. There was so much movement and wind, and so it was great. I, I, have, I have a couple comments on that story. Okay. Number one, I'm, I'm about to surprise the hell out of you. I have plans to go to the movies not once, but twice. Oh, my God. 
I don't know if I'll go for one, but there's one I am definitely going to the movies. I will see Top Gun 2. I don't know if I'm going to go to the movies for it, just because okay. that's people and crowd and money, when I can just sit at home and probably pirate it, frankly. <clears throat> um, second off, I'm going to see Jurassic Park in the theater. That's non-negotiable. Shelby and I have agreed on it. Okay. Do you want to go my... see it in 40? That brings me to my next point. <laughs> I have seen exactly one movie in the theater with Megan in Houston. You guys, did y'all sit at the very front? No. No? No. All right. I could do it if y'all are, y'all sat at the very <laughs> front and I was like, never again. No. No, I'm, I'm a back sitter or a middle sitter and you guys plop down right at the front. I was like, I oh my guys. God, my <laughs> neck. I, I have to turn my head to see from one side of the screen to the other. We only uh, sat in the front in that theater because the chairs are climbed back and you can literally lay down. Uh, okay. You could lay down and all see right. all of it. But no, yeah, in the 40 theater, we're like middle, middle okay. sitters. All right. Uh, maybe. I might be willing to. Um, I'll have to talk to Shelby about that. But right. yeah, it, 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 it's def- we're definitely going to see it one way or the other. Okay. Well, you uh, guys Pine, Pineville is a hall for... From this side of town, so it is. I mean, it's a haul for you too. So it is, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Um, since you are going to see Top Gun Maverick, it is a thousand times better than Top Gun. Oh, I find that hard to believe. It is now. I haven't seen Top Gun in years, and like a solid fifteen years. It, but that might even be a solid twenty years, but. Top Gun's a damn good movie. I would yes, watch Yes, it, it is. Top Gun is a phenomenal movie. This blows it out of the water. All right. Yeah. All right. I was shocked because I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Okay. It's like best action movie of the decade, like quality right there. Wow. All right. Amazing. Well. Freaking amazing. Uh, answer me one question because I heard on the radio and, and if it's a spoiler, don't, don't give anything away. I heard that they somehow redid Val Kilmer or at least his voice, uh, so that he was in the movie somehow. Is he? Yes. Okay. That's all I need to know. I'm just, uh, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's on, on. Our list. I'm glad you guys got to go do something fun for your your anniversary. Yeah, um, it was very very fun. I on that note, kind of in that realm. Val Kilmer's not dead. No, he's not. He just can't talk. Okay. Okay. Yeah, got it. Understood what you're. Okay. Yeah, like they had to like get his voice somehow. Yep. Yep. I. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um. In that realm, though, I've been making some serious changes. Uh, uh, obviously, if you're a long-time listener, I'm not a movie watcher. I'm a TV person. I don't have cable. I stream everything. And I've been making some serious changes to my streaming habits. Um, I got sucked into Yellowstone after everybody else, and I just finally caught up today. Um, I also deleted my Netflix which I've had for over 10 years Ooh. because I don't watch it anymore. I had my parents were watching it and they're talking about starting to charge for password sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope, that ain't for me, Netflix. So you lost a customer in me. Um, I'm sure they're going to lose a lot of customers doing that. 
But because I finished Yellowstone, I was paying the Peacock like super premium, so I didn't mm-hmm. get ads. So I could just like blow through it. And now that I finished it, I just canceled Peacock completely because there's nothing on there paid that I would want. Um, and I canceled Netflix, so I added Disney Plus back. Watch Obi-Wan. Watch Obi-Wan. I have not started it yet. Okay. Okay. I have a feeling that's going to be in our open segment next week. I believe it will be, but I haven't, I haven't watched any of it yet, but it is on my docket. Okay. All Um, right. I won't say anything as much as I want to. Yes. Don't say say a word. I don't usually get mad about spoilers, but I would get mad about that one because Obi-Wan is my favorite character from the entire series. Okay. I'm staying quiet. I also just thought of something freaking awesome. I want to get so I want to <laughs> get that first couple notes from um um what is that song at the end of the uh, the Phantom Menace uh Duel of the Fates. Yeah. Yeah, Duel of the Fates. I want to get the dun dun, <laughs> dun 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 whenever something major happens. That's what I want. I want a button for that. Um put that in your notes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I feel like we've talked for a minute, but I'm going to touch on it briefly. Yeah. Um, What's your life been like? We went to see Shelby's, uh, brother and sister-in-law and their family. Shout out to, uh, friend John five and, or Johnny Cinco and Brandy. Thank y'all for hosting and letting us come mess, mess around in your house for a couple days and check the new house out. Um, while there, this was, this was out towards Nashville, which is getting pretty, pretty damn close to some very famous, very, very good whiskey spots. Yeah. So I did a little hunting while I was out there and I spent way more money than I probably should have on whiskey and came back with five new bottles to try and a double of something I can't, I, I, I got a double of the Eagle Rare because I can't find it around here. Mm. And my gut tells me we're going to need that later in the year. So better get it while I can find it. Um, And we're actually going to do one of those whiskeys today. And I have had this before. Megan's not. So I'll, I'll mention that again later for those that just listened to the whiskey and the wonder part. But while we were there, we made the pilgrimage. We went to the Mecca of whiskey distilleries and did a tasting at the Jack Daniels distillery. Mm, I'm so jealous. How was it? Was it, was it amazing? It was really cool. Um, it was, the tour was honestly shorter than I expected, but in that, like in the day, it didn't seem that short just because it was one of those things where you were like, just taking in so much history and so much of the process and everything. It was really cool. Um, but now looking back at it, it was like, man, that only took like an hour and a half to, to do the tour, you know, dang, I wish we had done like a three hour tour, you know, it had been like super detailed, but it was really cool. We got to see the spring they use, which is uh, really, really interesting. It's just a spring flowing out of the side of the freaking mountain. Oh, wow. Um, we got to see how they char their barrels. They make their own barrels. Uh, they make their own charcoal for the uh, Lincoln County process, which is where they filter all the whiskey through charcoal. 
And then we got to taste um, several, I think it was five, excuse me, five different whiskeys that they do, and they were all single barrel. There was regular Jack Daniels, single barrel, single barrel select, single barrel barrel proof, and the single barrel, single barrel rye. And we've done the single barrel on here before. Mm-hmm. That was the one that was very banana-y. Yes. Uh, really good. Um, out of the five, mm-hmm. the rye was my favorite. Really? Yes, which is great news because we can find that here. <laughs> um, but sadly, they didn't have it in the uh, gift shop. I'm surprised. Well, they had a 375 of it, but they didn't oh. have a fifth of it. I can I know I can find the fifth here. Yeah. Or the same just right, up, the, yeah, right up the road. Yeah, for the same price. So I figure it's not that big of a rush. Yeah. To get it like there was some of the other stuff I found. So um yeah, that was awesome. I've got some pictures from it. And I would highly recommend if you're in that area. And check it out. I mean, we paid, I think it was thirty five bucks a head. Nice. To go and do like the top of the line tour. Nice. So and then we hung out for, we got lunch in Lynchburg, Tennessee, which is about as big as the town I grew up in. Um, they didn't even have a stoplight. They had a stop sign <laughs> and a little town square that was literally a road that went into square with shops around it. And that was pretty much it. Just nice. on the hills of Tennessee. So, um, yeah, it was nice. well, well worth going out there. If you get the chance, I would highly recommend it. And uh, I want to give a shout out. Thanks, Shelby, for getting that for us that was that was a present to me so thank you oh that's another sound we need no <laughs> oh wait don't i have that on yeah here you do oh where is it oh no oh i didn't oh no do you not have it i didn't i didn't <gasps> save it as you a didn't sound save it as no yes you did there you go what yeah you have that but i don't <laughs> oh that's about to change uh all right well um, and you got anything else for the open segment? No, I think we've been rattling, rat, rattling, rattling on here for long enough. All right. I don't know what that accent was. But I we're don't know either. <laughs> Opening the bottle. All right. Well, uh, Tyler, you found this whiskey. I did. Um, and this is a whiskey that you've had before. I have not. I have. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am looking very hard for that sound. I don't see it on your thing. Um, it's it's right th- it third over. Oh, I see it. I forgot I put that symbol as it. I have yep. that. Okay. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> oh, everything's right in the world now. <laughs> uh okay. This. Ignore everything that just happened for the like past 30 seconds. <laughs> Let's start over. Today we are doing a, another Japanese whiskey. This is a Japanese whiskey from the Sun Tori Distillery, um, which we have uh, drank from before, including our very, very first episode ever of Whiskey and Wonder. We did the Sun Tori Toki. Um, this that we're drinking today is the Yamazaki, aged 12 years. It's a single malt Japanese whiskey. For everybody watching the video, I'm trying to get this to focus on this damn bottle. Yeah, it's not working. Autofocus is not working on here, so I have to 
manually focus. <laughs> Sun Tory Whiskey was founded in 1923 by Shinjiro Tori. For over three generations, Sun Tory's master blenders have devoted themselves to pursuing the harmony of Japanese nature and craftsmanship. Shaped through masterful technique and served with a res- with a reverence. Reverence is what I believe you're trying to pronounce. Reverence. A reverence for Japanese omenashi. Omenashi. Never heard that word. Should have read all of this before. Oh my gosh. Before we started to read. Uh, Served with a reverence for Japanese omotenashi. Suntory whiskeys are among the most awarded and admired in the world. Yamazaki is the pioneer of single malt Japanese whiskey, born in Japan's first and oldest malt distillery. Established in 1923 by Suntory's founder, Shinjiro Tori, the Yamazaki distillery is the birthplace of Japanese whiskey. Nestled proudly on the periphery of Kyoto in a region formerly known as Minasino, yeah, Minasino, Yamazaki is renowned for its soft waters. This incomparable quality, combined with Yamazaki's unique misty climate of varying temperature and humidity, provides the ideal conditions for making whiskey. Here, its artisans pursue their founder's leg- legacy through the art of sukiwaki. Su- sukiwaki. The diversity in the making. Diverse fermentation, distillation, and maturation techniques create the blending opportunities that are essential to achieving the signature, subtle, refined, and complex taste that is the Yamazaki single malt Japanese whiskey. Deep and multi-layered, Yamazaki is embraced as the authority of single malt Japanese whiskey from the award-winning House of Suntory whiskey. Now, Megan had mentioned that I stumbled upon this whiskey. Uh, I meant... I mentioned on here several, several episodes ago that uh, some friends of mine had put on a whiskey tasting where we had tasted several allocated bottles. I think it was like eight or ten bottles. And towards the end of that, this bottle ended up coming out of the host's cabinet, and I tried it there, and I took a picture of it and sent it to Megan and said, you need to try this. You will love it. Um, Only problem is... Number two problems. Number one, we can't find it here. And number two, it's fucking expensive. It is, from what I gathered talking to that group of people, if you found it for less than $200, it was a steal. Um, Since it's so hard to find around here, I found it for $170 when we were uh, in Nashville. So naturally, I bought it. And naturally, I opened it that night and tried it with Johnny Cinco. So, I've had this, full disclosure. Megan has not. She is sniffing away at it over there. You can't see it. She's like hiding it behind the mic. No, 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 that's fine. It just, it was very funny. I looked up and you're like completely hidden behind the mic. (laughs) Um, So, I've, I've been smelling this while Megan was talking. And I get a lot of fruit in this. Definitely very, very fruity. Um, I agree. There's tons of fruit. Um, I also get like some kind of like there's like a dark, almost apricot-y smell on the back end. Which is another fruit. Well, yeah, but I meant more like 
I got a lot of berry fruits. Oh, I'm getting a lot of tropical fruit, yeah? like mango, pineapple. I don't papaya. get any pineapple. I don't, I don't um, know too much about a mango or a No, papaya. very, very tropical fruits for me. No berries at all. I'm not getting mm. any berry. Um, so I'm getting tropical fruits, and the interesting smell that I'm getting is grass. Fresh-cut grass, like... Yeah, they, they just throw a handful yeah. of grass in the yeah, it's fresh cut and ballpark grass. Yeah, in the in the barrel, it smells really good. But that's like the most. It's definitely not like the most like in your face thing. It it doesn't overpower, but there are definitely some fresh cut grass in there, um, hidden yeah. behind all the tropical fruits. Yeah, I can see that. It's got a little like fresh cut grass is such a crisp smell. And it's definitely, it's got that crispness to it. Yes. Um, I, I want to take a minute and say one more thing about while I was in Nashville and, and buying whiskey. Um, I came back with a whiskey that is a quote-unquote light whiskey. Light and as in low-calorie, light as diet? light-colored. Oh. Not overly aged. And I would have never known to buy it if the gentleman the liquor store hadn't suggested trying it. They offered little baby tasters. And I'm going to tell y'all, it's 126.8 proof. Hmm. But it drank like it was 105. Oh, wow. It was so good. So that will be coming up. That's a spoiler for, or a teaser for a future episode. Nice. Um, We are supposed to be smelling peach, pineapple, grapefruit, Clove, candied orange, vanilla, and Mizunara, which is apparently a Japanese oak, which is what I'm guessing their barrels are made of. I definitely get peach. When you said peach, that hit me. Um, yeah, for sure. That's one of the flavors. So uh, I also have a note here that uh, this this whiskey is aged in a combination of American, Spanish, and Japanese oak barrels. So I don't know if what I'm looking at is correct or not um, because I know you're looking at the back of the box. Megan's sipping, and she's got a funny look on her face like she doesn't know what she thinks about it. There's so many flavors. Um, it's like a party in your mouth. It is. It's like a party in your mouth. Um, it's a very, very, like... Um, it's very good. I guess I need to state that first and foremost. I, as of this very second, it's very good. Um, the finish, I'm definitely getting like a mango um, finish, like a fresh mango, not like a candy mango. Really? There's a very different taste between the two. Really? Fresh mango. I get pineapple. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? In fairness, though, I'm going to forewarn, and I didn't mean to do this. I had a beer from the brewery I work at that is pineapple coconut earlier. They brought it back? Oh, yeah. Come on. Okay, we're going to have to we're gonna some, have to talk. <laughs> I got some low fills. Okay, we're going to have to talk. Anyway. Huh. Um, go on. Um, so the finish I'm getting is very mango-y, um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some of that basil in there, um, or basil for you guys across the pond. Um, it's very, I don't know, the, the, it kind of 
doesn't start off buttery, but it kind of transitions into like something buttery or creamy. Um, I would say at first, though, it's very, very sharp. Um, that's where a lot of the different like fruits are. And that's where I got like the pineapple, peach. Um, those are probably the two biggest standouts for me. Um, there might be, I'm going to have to take some more. I don't know. What yeah. do you think? Tyler? Uh, it's, <clears throat> if I had to describe the front, middle and end, they're all drastically different. The, the front end is very sweet and very fruity. Mm-hmm. The middle is very, um, it's a weird flavor, frankly. Uh, it's good, but it's weird. It's like creamy oaky. Yeah. That's like, it's like oaky and creamy. Yeah. And it's good. It's just, that's a weird combination. Agreed. You know? Agreed. And then the end, the oak, the oakiness hangs around and you get hit with a little bit of, I get hit with a little bit of pepper that lingers on the back of my tongue. Um, You know, I wouldn't say it's a super long finish, but it, you know. It lingers for 30 seconds, 15, 30 seconds. I agree with some of what you said. I think this is a very long finish whiskey. Um, I I mean, ever since I had my first sip, I like it hasn't really gone away. Um, even though I've taken, you know, three or four like that, it just persistently stays there. So I argue that this is a very long finish. Um I 100% agree with the front, middle, and end is three completely different things. I do think the front is where it is very fruity, um, sharp, tart. The middle, it does that is where it gets creamy. Um, I don't get a whole lot of oak uh, anywhere, really. Um, but we get that sharp fruit of the front, and then it turns kind of creamy, and then my end is like a... Um, mellow, fresh mango, um, maybe a little bit of like ginger, um, like, yeah, mango, ginger. For me, at, on, on the end, the finish, the overwhelming, overwhelming note I get is pepper. That overwhelms, like I get a little bit of sweetness back there that makes me think it's the pineapple. It might've also had something to do with that beer from earlier. But the pepper is the, the the note that I get. There is some pepper, but there's not as there's not very much. It's not super powerful. Have you swished it around your mouth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I didn't get that. Uh, I'm getting a lot experience. of pepper. Yeah. Hmm. So, like, especially going under my tongue, like my tongue's still peppery, and I haven't had a sip in, since you started talking. So under my tongue, it definitely made it a little bit more peppery. Yeah. But it's still not. Yeah, it's not the worst thing I've ever had, but it is noticed. Like it to me, it's what I notice the most. Hmm. I disagree. So. That mango is overwhelming for me. Yeah, I don't even think uh, it's an official I, flavor. So I don't like mangoes. Oh, so I haven't had a mango since I was a little kid because oh. I didn't like mangoes. Makes sense. So I couldn't identify a mango. If you, I can even if you laid four fruits I didn't know in front of me, I couldn't pick oh. the mango out. Oh, coconut. Coconut. So we're supposed to be tasting coconut, cranberry, and butter. And then the finish is sweet ginger, cinnamon. It's supposed to be a long finish. Uh-huh. There, 
There was a berry in there. There is a berry. It's cranberry. Uh, not crazy. Um, I have been trying to like pick out this flavor that had, I've like been so confused on, and it's a flavor I really like, but I could not figure it out. And it's coconut. There is coconut all throughout this, um, and that. Holy shit! Now that you know to look for no. it. Oh no! I just got hit with mango hard. Oh, I you're get, welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really. It's very balanced, though. It's not overpowering, so I'm not. I'm not too bothered by it. Yeah, mm. I agree with what you said. The mango is definitely big at the end now. I still don't get coconut. Oh, I get coconut. Well, so far, yummies. Yes. All right. Well, we'll keep sipping. We'll come back to that. And my bad. Excuse, no, excuse me. I was burping too, so that was a bad time. Um, <laughs> we'll come back to that and let you know what we think at the end. Until then, Megan's going to teach us something. It's time for the wonder segment. If I asked you to think of a typical Allied soldier marching into battle during World War II, what do you picture? World War II? Yep. Mm. Allied. Well, Allied, I, yep. just off the top of my head, the, the guys from Saving Private Ryan, the opening scene. Okay, yeah. That's what I picture. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd picture rifles strung upon their backs, like... um. The rifle changes slightly based on their home country. Um, they're wearing those like bowl helmets. Mm -hmm. Uniform is like that tan slash green uh, that we've come to associate the Second World War with. But you know what I definitely don't picture? I don't picture a man sprinting into the fight wielding a giant claymore, which is a massive two-handed sword with a 42-inch blade and a 13-inch grip. I Weighing thought, over oh. five pounds of solid iron. I thought a claymore was an explosive. Nope, claymore is a sword. Okay. Call of Duty lied to me. Now I'm really concerned. Is a claymore <laughs> not a sword? Because I've called it a claymore many times in here. So uh, look that up for me. Um. Anyway, five pounds of... It is a sword. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but it's also an explosive. Okay, we're both right. So five pounds of iron doesn't sound like much until you realize that that weight is extending out over four feet past your body and is being forcefully swung with the intent to maim whatever it makes contact with. Nor do I see that crazy swordsman toting about bagpipes or all of the other stuff that aptly named Mad Jack Churchill. I've heard about this guy. You have? No, no relation to Winston Churchill, sadly. A man who famously said, quote, any officer who goes into action without his sword is improperly dressed, end quote. John Malcolm Thorpe Fleming Churchill, later in life known as Mad Jack or Fighting Jack Churchill, was born on September 16th, 1906 in Ceylon today known as Sri Lanka. His father, Alec Fleming Churchill, was a district engineer for the Ceylon Civil Service, like his father before him. Shortly after Jack's birth, 
his family moved to Surrey. His family moved to Surrey, England, and his mother, Eleanor Elizabeth, gave birth to his younger brother, Thomas Bell Lindsay Churchill, in 1907. In 1910, Alec Churchill was given a job as director of public works for the Executive Council of British Hong Kong, at the time still a British country, or colony, I'm sorry, a British colony, thus British Hong Kong. And the family moved to what is today Hong Kong, China. His youngest brother and his parents' third and final child was born there in 1911 and named Robert Alec Farquhar Churchill. The family would eventually move back to England in 1917 and appeared that they relatively stayed put for the rest of Jack's childhood. He was educated at King William's College, a boarding school on the Isle of Men in the British Isles. He then attended and graduated from the Royal Military College in Berkshire in 1926. From there, he joined the Manchester Regiment and served in Burma. Churchill was the type of man born for action and mischief, and he didn't enjoy sitting by and being idle. So even during the relative peacetime between World War I and World War II, Jack was itching to do something. He found some respite in riding his motorcycle over 1,500 miles down the Southeast Asian countryside. This would have been a feat of its own, but to add even more of a challenge, India had almost no roads at the time. Oftentimes, he would have to dismount and walk his motorcycle through difficult terrain and across waterways. At points of his journey where he was near a railroad, railroad, he would place his bike on the metal rail and then push it forward, balancing and stepping over the wooden crossbeam planks. Oh, and at some point it said that he crashed his Zenith motorcycle into a water buffalo. Sounds about right. (laughs) Though traveling was enjoyable, it still didn't give Churchill enough to keep him busy with. For fun, he decided to teach himself how to play the bagpipes. Though his mother was of Ireland and much of his father's family lineage traced throughout England, his and his brother's names did suggest a Scottish Highlands connection. The bagpipes were definitely not a normal instrument for a strapping young British man to pick up anyway. And despite having no formal tutoring, he got good enough that he would later win second place at the officer's class at the piping championships at Aldershot. He was the only Englishman amongst the over 70 competitors. I guarantee he just wanted to piss somebody off. (laughs) Mastering music still just wasn't enough for Jack. He needed another hobby. So he decided to pick up archery as well. Turns out he had a natural talent with the bow and arrow, and he'd represent England in the International Archery World Championship in Oslo, Norway. By 1936, he realized that being a soldier in the army during peacetime was just too boring, and so he retired, putting himself in the reserve officer list should Britain ever face conflict. As a civilian, Jack moved to the city of Nairobi in the African country of Kenya. There, he worked not only as a newspaper editor, but also as a male model. His archery skill landed him a small role in the Hollywood film The Thief of Baghdad, which starred Douglas Fairbanks. 
Churchill appeared in one more movie, A Yank at Oxford, before deciding that the world of acting wasn't where he belonged. But his endeavors killed enough time to keep him busy until 1939 with the dawn of World War II. You'll come to find that Jack Churchill was a complete badass. However, he wasn't the most respectful soldier, and he marched to his own tune. For example, one day during training, it was pouring rain. As buckets of water fell from the sky and soaked both his and his, his both his comrades and commanding officers, Churchill strolled up and joined the platoon carrying an umbrella. His CO was furious. I love it. Um, You guys are a bunch of morons. (laughs) His CO was furious, demanding to know why he had an umbrella. Churchill simply replied, because it's raining, sir. I love it. You guys are a bunch of fucking morons. Why why don't you have have umbrellas? umbrellas? Yeah, it's raining, dumbass. He was immediately reprimanded for his insubordination, but this was far from the only time he was chastised for such insubordination. Since the man valued comfort, he slept with a hot water bottle in his sleeping bag, a big no-no of the British Army at the time. Because soldiers must be cold and miserable, I guess. I don't know. I couldn't figure out why that was not allowed. Anyway, might, might have been a fire hazard at the time. I don't know. The Probably rule- made, his, made those sleeping bags out of his bestos. <laughs> the rule book specifically said they could not bring hot water bottles into cots with them. And so Churchill found a loophole. He tossed away the hot water bottle and instead filled a piece of rubber tubing with hot water and took that to bed with him instead. Because the rules specified hot water bottles, not hot water tubes. I like it. Needless to say... He was a bit of a pain in the ass for his superiors. No, he was technically correct. (laughs) The best kind of correct. (laughs) The man longed for wartime and battle, immediately rejoining the army with his reserve status at the dawn of the Second World War. He'd said, quote, I was back in my red coat, the country having got into a jam in my absence, end quote, as if he could have just prevented the whole ordeal. That's a very British statement. (laughs) But when he got to the front lines, he was disappointed and bored. Despite Britain declaring war and Germany's aggression at the Poles, the two armies lined up at the border of France and did nothing. Both sides' troops held their ground. France and Britain were very much not prepared for war when announcing it, And this small oversight left troops sort of waiting around for orders and twiddling their thumbs. Churchill was pissed. There was supposed to be a war on, battle. He quickly joined a volunteer detachment to help the Soviets invade Finland. Halfway to its destination, the Finnish detachment was canceled because Germany finally pressed against that French border, the one Jack had left to join this group. So he turned right around and went back to where he came from. Upon arrival, he was upset at the British Army's lack of success defending the line. Because had he had been there, everything would have been fine. I was just going to say, of course, 
he leaves and it goes to shit. Of course he's going to think he would have been the difference maker. Yep. I like this guy. <laughs> Germany was, frankly, kicking the Allies' ass at this point, and Churchill's troops were ordered to retreat to Dunkirk, where rescue awaited. But Jack Churchill didn't run from a fight, so he ignored those orders. Instead, he began several campaigns of guerrilla guerrilla warfare with small hand-picked teams. Jack would quite literally charge into battle, shrieking like a barbarian and brandishing his giant claymore. It said that he split several men on that blade. When a fight did require some distance, Churchill would often disregard his machine guns in favor of his longbow, which he could shoot quietly and accurately at 200 yards. He is the only person in World War II with any confirmed archery kills. At confirmation of his arrow kills, he earned the name Mad Jack for warranted and obvious reasons. This is the most advanced war of the time, the weapons now industrialized and mechanically deadly. Yet this dude is successfully winning constantly using a sword and a bow like this is Braveheart or something. At a lull in the battle, an officer reported seeing Mad Jack riding his motorcycle around the battlefield with a German soldier's helmet hanging off the headlamp. He also rode with his bow and arrows like this was some sort of strange mounted combat. He was a shoo-in for the commandos, Britain's precursor for special units. And when Jack heard the military was recruiting secretly for this new organization that promises aggressive action, he instantly signed up. During commando training, he met a woman named Rosamond Margaret Denny and married her damn near instantaneously. And they'd remain happily married for 55 years until his death. His company became trapped behind enemy lines after the Battle of La Panette and he viciously defended them until running completely out of ammo. Still, it was enough to be able to sneak his unit out of danger in the dead of night behind enemy lines. Oh, and he did all of this while shot in the, in the shoulder. It was documented that Mad Jack would inspire and encourage his men into battle by playing the bagpipes. During a raid in Norway... Churchill led his troops with the March of the Cameron Men on his bagpipes, and the end of the song, he tossed the first grenade of the battle at the enemy. And there's actually photographic and video proof of some of his antics, including leading a charge with his sword and playing bagpipes while his men dance after a battle won. Using just his sword, he was responsible for capturing 42 German troops and a mortar crew. He was recommended to be awarded a Victoria Cross, which is Britain's highest medal, their equivalent of the U.S.'s Medal of Honor. He didn't receive the cross, but he did receive the award right below it, a Distinguished Service Order. Twice. After dropping those captured troops off, he turned around to return to the battlefield to retrieve his sword, which he had dropped during the fight. On his way, he ran into an American patrol that had somehow got confused and was walking the wrong way, 
toward enemy lines. Churchill tried to tell them their error, and when they didn't listen, he threw up his arms and said that he was going on his own way and, quote, wouldn't come back for a bloody third time. Later, he fought in Yugoslavia, where he was captured and sent to Sachsenhausen concentration camp. He is said to have been playing Will You Know Come Back Again on the bagpipes when a grenade exploded nearby, knocking him out, which was how he was captured by the Nazis. Initially, the Germans thought he was related to Winston Churchill and chained him up in a cell with various Austrian dignitaries in a special compound for so-called prominent prisoners inside Sachsenhausen. German. Toxenhausen. <laughs> Churchill and four other men, three, three Royal Air Force officers and one major, escaped Sachsenhausen by a tunnel they'd secretly dug over the course of a few months, estimated from May to September. They headed towards the coast and were recaptured only a few miles away from the sea. As the end of the war drew near, Germany decided to transfer by SS guards 140 prominent concentration camp inmates to Tyrol, including Churchill. The prisoners told a group of officers they feared they were being escorted to their execution. And while en route, they were intercepted by a, a group of Blah, blah, blah. They were intercepted by a German army unit led by Captain Richard von Alvenblim. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he had come to protect the prisoners. The SS guards were outnumbered, and they agreed to let the inmates go and left. After being set free, Jack Churchill walked 93 miles to Italy, where he joined an American armored unit. Despite being imprisoned in a concentration camp, Mad Jack was ready and eager to get back to combat. He rejoined the Brits and was sent to Burma, where some of the largest battles against Japan were being fought. However, as soon as he reached India, the U.S. dropped the bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. The war was effectively over. Mad Jack Churchill is recorded saying, quote, if it wasn't for those damn Yanks, we could have kept the war going for another 10 years. Oh, I thought End he was quote. I thought he was going to say his presence in India <laughs> stopped the war. No, he wanted it to keep going. He was like He's ready to fight. Yeah, he's like, yeah. "What I just I just got here. What do you mean we're going home?" So I I was looking something up there in the middle of that. I thought when you first started this is who you were going to talk about. But it might be worth doing one day, but I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about it for a okay. brief moment. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Joseph Medicine Crow. Do you know who that is? It sounds familiar. So according to the Crow Nation, a man has to do four things to uh, become a war chief. Number one, touch an enemy without killing them. Number two, take an enemy's weapon. Number three, lead a successful war party and survive. And number four, steal an enemy's horse. And he was able to do all of that in Europe in World War II. So I thought you were going to talk about him for a minute. Oh, no, but that would be a really good yeah. one. I just I I did a quick little search there and I don't think there's just a ton of information on him, but I might be wrong. I don't know. That's a good one to like think about though. Yeah. Maybe for something World War II related anyway. 
Well, not one to be done being eccentric just yet, he got qualified as a parachutist so that he could join the Highland Light Infantry. There, he moved to Palestine to assist with the conflict Britain was facing with various Arab forces. And there, he would save the lives of over 500 patients and staff at a hospital. After his time in active military, he moved to Australia, where he became an instructor for the military school there. He also took up word of surfing. Or took up surfing. Sorry, I read many sentences at once. (laughs) (laughs) It was, he also took up surfing. He studied the techniques, and upon returning to England, he became the first person ever to ride the River Severn's tidal bore. But eventually, even Jack Churchill realized that he probably should retire. And at, uh, in 1959, at the age of 53, he retired from the army. However, he was still Mad Jack, and eccentric is part of his name. So every time he would take the train home from the, city, from the city to his home, he would toss his briefcase out the window. He tossed his briefcase out the window, the same part of the train ride, in men movement while the train was going every single train, train ride. <laughs> and when finally one day one of the, um, like, uh, conductors. conductors, like, questioned, like, why... Why would you keep throwing your briefcases out the window? He explained that he was simply throwing his briefcase into his own backyard so he wouldn't have to carry it home. I like his (laughs) style. Oh, my God. I thought it was going to be something stupid, but I can get on board with that. Nope, he didn't want to carry it anymore, so he just chuck it into his own yard. I can get on board with that. the train went by. 100%. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Um... So, aside from throwing personal belongings from moving train cars, Mad Jack Churchill spent his retirement years sailing the Thames and playing with radio-controlled model warships. And it was in 1996, at the age of 89, he passed away. And I... What a guy. I couldn't... Not do a wonder segment on him. What a guy! I like his I like his quirks because they all make sense to me. They- <laughs> I would want I I can see myself doing some of those, most of those. He's like this kind of badass, mustachioed man-looking dude. <laughs> Just picturing this guy had a longbow, he had a sword, he had bagpipes. <laughs> What year is it? <laughs> I believe that longbow probably came in really handy in World War II. So. Um, He's the only soldier to have confirmed kills. So, Silent kills. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going to go on and move on. I've got a nice little trivia with Tyler today. So... Trivia with Tyler. Have you ever heard about the Nobody for President campaign from 1976? No. It was popularized by activists such as Wavy Gravy 
and the appeal for nobody was apparent. Nobody was the best candidate. Nobody cares about you. Nobody loves the poor. Nobody will end the war, and nobody will cut your taxes. <laughs> it was a complete hoax, and yet people were on board to vote for nobody. So People fell for that, thought it was real? Yeah. I mean... I would also nobody for president. They like it was the the last name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would also vote for nobody. So I get it. So like I thought that was. Uh, I get it. <laughs> I thought that was a clever little uh, clever little one, and I actually got a glimpse of next week's trivia with Tyler, and it's one I've been waiting on for a while. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna give a little teaser for it. Does anybody do you watch Top Gear or the Grand Tour? Yes, actually. Okay. All right. If you don't, you should brush up this week. And I mean, watch the Top Gear UK with the old presenters. Oh, that's, they're hysterical. Richard Hammond and James May. Yeah, they're yep. hysterical. There's one episode. Where are they? They're like, they take these really nice cars like, and are driving just like on in the wilderness with them. God. Oh, they do so many it's stupid hysterical. things like that. It, it's, a, it's a comedy show for Pete for about cars yes it's very um, funny yeah i don't like i'm not a car guy at all and i love top gear and grand tour uh I, just an example they did one where they like filled their cars up with just enough gas to like get them to chernobyl and like they were all praying that they would run out of gas before that was the competition to see if, if somebody get the ran, closest to yeah. chernobyl well yeah I and mean, basically you either wanted to run out or you wanted to like have enough gas that you could get all the way through. Oh, they were going through, not turning around. Yeah, no, like they, like if, if you ran out of gas in the zone, like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh so, well. So it was like, run out, run out, run out. Or am I going to run out? Or am I going to run out in the zone? <laughs> so it, it was fun. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about this whiskey. <laughs> Well, I've been presenting, so I didn't get a drink nearly as much as I wanted to. I feel like that was a really short wonder segment. It's all right. We were long on everything else earlier. Okay. We're at like just at an hour anyway. So. I didn't feel like I would read it that fast, but damn, that felt like it went by real quick. Um, It was entertaining, nonetheless. Oh, good. So. Mad Jack. Mad Jack. Oh, I don't know if I want to put water in it. What if it wastes it? Let me drink a little bit more. Hold on. Hold on. If you want, you can... Dip a little more in there. You're not taking this one home, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew that was coming from the get-go. It's very good. I knew. I knew. I told you you needed to have it, and if it wasn't $170 and it was easy to find around here, I would I'd probably let you have it. But. If it wasn't $170, I would buy it off of you. Yeah. Oh, well, I've kind of gotten into the collecting now. Oh. You know how many bottles I have in there? I bet it's insane. 56. Oh, my God, you've counted. That doesn't count the ones that I've given you or have finished. Megan's struggling. Apparently, like, my hands are super dry because they're just, like, soaking the water. Soaking up the water. Uh, so I, I put two drops in mine, uh, just a smidge. I put, um, we'll see how, how she changes. All right, go ahead and drink that. Um, way more pineapple-y in smell with the water in it. Um, as I stir her around in there. 
What are yeah. you thinking? Definitely brought out some fruit in the middle there. Um, calm the pepper down a lot, but it 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 that it, it like strengthened the finish. That like oaky oaky flavor I got at the finish. It it was strengthened, but it also strengthened the fruitiness and the sweetness of the middle, and brought the pepper down. Brought the pepper down. Gave me the oak because before I wasn't getting the oak. See, I've been getting the gave oak me the oak and increased the fruitiness. Yeah. Pretty good. Good with or without water. This is one of them that could go uh, go either way. You could probably drink this however you want. I feel like it would be a sin to mix this, though. Like, it should be illegal. Oh, hell no. I would not mix this with anything. Yeah, it should be illegal. This should be something that you just drink as a whiskey. And uh, one thing I meant to mention earlier when we were first talking about it, this is uh, 86 proof, so it's 43% alcohol. That's, not, that's pretty, pretty weak. Yeah, it's pretty low, but... I I don't think that that's the goal of Japanese or specifically yeah. Scotch whiskey either, So, which no. is what Japanese whiskey tends to emulate or attempt to emulate. Um, so solid all the way through. This has been a really good whiskey. Um, I, knowing the other Japanese whiskeys we've had, and hell, I'll just kind of, the other 78 whiskeys we've done over the course of this sh- uh, this show. Um, and having had whiskeys that are over $100, as much as I like this, it's not a $200 whiskey. I would pay 70 80 90 I would not pay $200 for this whiskey. I understand what you're saying. I myself was thinking about the $75, $80 range. Um, Ultimately, (sighs) this is kind of the way that I've started thinking about things, Is especially since I'm kind of trying to, I don't want to say getting into the collecting because I just said, have 56 bottles, but a lot of that stems from us doing this podcast. And it wasn't until about uh, December that I was like, you know what? I should really start collecting these things. I want to have a nice collection, you know, not that anybody ever comes over, but for when people I mean, come over. Yeah. This is one of those whiskeys that because of its price point, it is, it is very good, but I don't want to pull it out of the cabinet for me. This is that special occasion. This, oh, is, this that, is something you want to share. This is that like, no, not not necessarily. It's it's something I'll pull out for me on a special occasion, or if I have my boys coming over that I know. Um, really, boys. Well, I, I consider you. <laughs> one I'm of one boys. of the boys. Yeah, you're oh, one of the boys. So thanks. You're you know, one of the girls. Thanks. Yeah. See how it feels. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's all right. I love you anyway. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, it's like if they hadn't had it, I would let them definitely let. You know, my whiskey friends try it. Try it, yeah. Um, if I had a friend that was deep into Japanese whiskey, I'd let them try it. But as far as for me, it'd have to be a heck of a... Once in a blue moon. like Once in a blue moon to dip into it since it's that much. Now, I will be taking it and sharing it with my folks. Um, at Trivia? At Trivia. I will, I will do that just because they... But they will definitely be getting small pours because it's so expensive. <laughs> So <laughs> make it last. Yep. Um, 
Uh, that's the only fault I have in it. Is it, it's, it's, it really it, is the price point. It's for just me too, too expensive. I can get, there are things I will enjoy just as much for much cheaper. Yeah. That's my biggest gripe with it as well because it has been fantastic the entire way through. The flavor is so good, so fruity, just really, really nice to sit there and sip on. And if it was, if it was, $75 cheaper. Oh, it'd be perfect. Um, but at the price it's at, like I, that takes away from it almost. Like this is something that it's so good, but it's not. I want to clarify. My number is taste alone. I'm just telling you oh, when see, I would pull this maybe. out. Do I make my number taste alone or do I include the price in it? Because if I'm including the price, that's changing the number. I think we do this taste alone. We tell people what about what the price is that this okay. is this is my opinion. I liked it. I would drink it again. I don't know if I would buy it again because of the price, but I did enjoy the flavor of it. I'm not going to knock it because I mean hell. You might have somebody out there with money to burn. That's true. If you want and to burn I mean, money and you want to this. this I mean, is a lot of people you. don't think a two hundred dollar whiskey is a lot of money anyway. Exactly. So. so there are some people who are like, "What are you talking about? That's we cheap. That's a Sunday night. We cheap. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. Okay. Going taste alone. I'll, I'll I'll go first because you you seem like you wanna you need to think. I want to chew me. on it for a yeah. second. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. That's it. For taste alone. God damn, Tyler. I told you, I'm not the biggest mango person in the world. That's true. That's true. I love mango, especially fresh mango. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, it it is very good. And it just, it's. I I love mango. I love coconut. I love ginger. I like all the tropical fruit that we mentioned. Um, So this is, God, I wish, I wish this was a whiskey that was in my price range because it would be. A weekly drinker for me, if it was in my price range, because on taste alone, it is definitely a ten for me. It is a perfect flavor. Um, some days I'll want something with a bit more burn. Wow. <laughs> um, you guys know why that was there. Yeah. Some days I want things with a bit more burn because this doesn't have a whole lot of burn, um, but. Uh, it it belongs in my 10 grouping going off flavor. Okay. I, as much as I like it, will not be buying this unless I find it somewhere for like 50% off or if it's gifted to me. Yeah, I was about to say, you uh, probably can find that on sale like that. Yeah. Um, so. But you never know. Maybe, yeah. maybe. If anyone has a bottle and they fucking hate it. <laughs> I'll yeah. well, buy I was, it from you 50% I was gonna off. Say, maybe if I find it again and, you know, you have another, I don't know, something worth celebrating come up. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it, I might not give you a new bottle, but I might gift you yeah. this bottle. Okay. If, if I can't find it or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We will see about that. So, all right. All y'all right, heard man. It here first, seven and a half. Ten. Another ten. Again. Ugh. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't feel like we've had a good sound this entire episode other than that. So it's probably going to end up being that. Again? Yeah. That's so lame. Well. There we has to be more. I didn't notice I anything that I nothing? bookmarked. Yeah, no, nothing. Oh, so. shit. Uh, I didn't make any weird noises today? No, it's a What's first. What's wrong with me? Oh, my God. Is it this new hair? Did it fuck up my, my brain? I don't know. <laughs> but... um. Um, I also didn't realize the sweatshirt that I grabbed to wear was like bright orange. My hair is bright orange. So it definitely looking in the camera, I'm like, oh, you look like a that clashes. <laughs> yeah, you look like a fire type Pokemon. That clashes quite a bit. Yep, um, so. yeah, so I probably shouldn't wear orange again with this hair. You want to change that to an orange dress? No, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. I don't, you know what? I'm not going to make it a challenge. I was going to say, I don't even know if you could find an orange dress. But yes, you could. Oh, yeah. Yes, you could. There were some listeners listener uh, dresses that got sent in. There were some orange ones in there. Okay. Okay, no. Let's let's no. keep it pink. All right. I have a little bit of pink up here. Can all you right. see it? Yeah. Okay. I can see it. I don't know if it's coming through the camera. But... Probably not. This is all orange. You can't even really see the yellow. Like the orange is totally like... Yeah, it. it's dominating. Okay. But... Well, anyway, guys, we are talking a lot. I'm just trying to pad more time on. Oh, it's all right. We're we're at uh hour and fifteen almost. So Okay. I'm sorry. I hate when I have short wonder segments. Like I just I feel like I let y'all down. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you calling mine short all the time, huh? <laughs> That's all right. I know mine are short. It's all right. We gotta balance each other out somehow. Yep. All right, y'all. All we're right, guys. Get out of here. Yes, thank you so much for sticking around. Remember next week we have a super special interview with author Robert Kerbeck. Yes. Um Thank you for tuning in, donating, doing all the wonderful, amazing, brilliant things you do. We appreciate you more than we ever have words to describe. So thank you, guys. We will see you next week. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. What?